Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. For Wolverine fans from coast to coast, go blue and welcome to this month's Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining me in just a minute will be Mario Ojemudia. We'll find out what he's up to these days and get his thoughts on Jim Harbaugh, Brady Hoke, and much more. First, a few news and notes before Mario joins us. By now, you know the spring game is canceled. Probably a good decision. We're expecting monsoon rains and lightning with high winds on Saturday, with the peak of the storm expected in the evening. So there really is no sense in risking injuries and poor conditions, and it just wouldn't be fun for the fans either. Wilton Spade announced via Instagram on Thursday he is transferring to UCLA to use his last year of eligibility. No surprise. We know he was out there visiting last weekend, so the best of luck to Wilton. E.B. Watson announced on Thursday he was leaving the program to explore other options. E.B. didn't play much this year, so this is not a surprise either. It makes life a bit easier for Coach B, though, as it opens up a scholarship. Now if Moe decides to stay, with the five freshmen coming in, we will be at the 13 scholarship limit. So I'm hoping Moe comes back. He's undecided as of right now, as is sophomore Charles Matthews. Mario Ojemudia was a gifted high school athlete and great student at Farmington Harrison, where he played for legendary coach John Harrington. He was a four-star coming out of high school and chose Michigan, as did his teammate Devin Funches. Mario was a standout for Coach Madison on the D and was having an outstanding senior year before an Achilles injury ended his season. He was denied a medical redshirt, and in large part because of that injury, he was cut six months later by the Baltimore Ravens. All is well, though. Mario decided that the NFL really was not for him and came back home to get on with his life. On today's Extra, Mario talks about that and much more. He's up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Joining us on our Michigan Man Extra for this month is former Michigan standout Mario Ojemudia. Mario, great to have you on the show with us. Yeah, thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Well, before we chat about your Michigan days, which everyone wants to uh, to talk about, I'm sure, Mario, let's go back a little bit further. For those of us in the Michigan area, of course, a lot of people that listen to the program are not in Michigan, but you spent your high school days at one of the best programs in the state. We all in Metro Detroit know that. Farmington Harrison played for a great coach, and Coach Harrington, you had some pretty darn good teams back in the day when you were there, Mario. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, coach Harrington, he's a legend, and I like to call it the best <laughs> uh, high school team in Michigan. Uh, 13 state championships, leading at the top, and unfortunately they're closing us down next year. Which will be a sad day uh, for everyone in Metro Detroit, but uh, it was your junior year, I believe, you guys won the state championship, right? Yeah, there it is. Junior year, 14-0 undefeated, uh, beat ball in the state championship. And, of course, uh, besides yourself, you had some other pretty darn good players on that team. Your Michigan teammate, Devin Funches, but a lot of other kids that went on to play uh, college football from that team, Mario. Yeah, Devin Funches, outstanding player. Um, he's doing his thing with the Panthers right now. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a great season. Aaron Burbridge, another one. He went on to go to MSU, uh, Big Ten receiver of the year, playing San Fran, and he's going to have a heck of a year also. 
Well, when it came time for you uh, looking back, Mario, to pick a college uh, other than Michigan, who else was in the recruiting mix for you? You know, I I remember it pretty fondly. Um, it came down to my last three was Michigan, Michigan State, and Stanford. It's funny because Harrison is kind of known to be a Michigan State pipeline. Um, had some good people go there, like Drew Stan, Bill Coleman, among others. Um, but ultimately, you know, I visited all the schools, and Michigan was where my heart lay. Coach Hoke was a great coach. Coach Madison, you know, he, what else is there to say about him? He's put legends in the NFL, and I wanted to be a part of that. Well, you just mentioned Stanford was one of the other schools that was recruiting you, so academics, uh, I know, was always a big factor in which school you were going to choose, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, me, my mom, <laughs> definitely my mom, she was always pushing me to uh, do academics first. She never was a big fan of football anyway, so it's always about good education. Well, you know, when you talk to kids that are being recruited, it doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or this year in this cycle, a lot of uh, recruits find the whole process just overwhelming. They don't enjoy it at all. As you remember back on it, what was it like for you? Oh, I hated it. I absolutely <laughs> hated it. Like, going from one day, just being another high school kid to a hundred phone calls a day from random numbers, random interviews, and you're just like, I don't want to deal with any of this. I mean, I think I fell on the other side of the spectrum because I think uh, most high school kids like that spotlight and being known, but that was never my personality. I was more like laid back, just wanted to play football for the fun of it. Well, you hear from a lot of kids that you hear some really wacky things from coaches that are recruiting you, a lot of things that are shocking. Uh, during your process, did you find anything from, from some of the schools or from the coaches that were recruiting you that uh, surprised you? I think I always wanted coaches to tell me how like it was. Like, uh, I was never a big fan of coaches, like, saying, you know, you're going to start the first day you walk in, you're going to be the next whoever. I think that's what I got from Michigan, and ultimately that's why I invested. Were you a Michigan fan growing up? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Day one, came out of the womb, I was a state guy through and through. But just through the recruiting process, Michigan won over my heart. I don't even know if I could put my finger on what exactly it was. Just the whole the whole aura of Michigan, Coach Oak, the staff, uh, even the former players that I, I would talk to. Having fun just go there with me was great. James Ross, we actually met to middle school together. We went there also. It was a great fit. Well, you mentioned Coach Hoke and what a great recruiter he was, but I think your primary guy was Fred Jackson. Uh, wasn't he a big reason why you ended up at Michigan too? Oh, uh, yeah. I can't I can't believe I left off Freddie. He was, he was the man. He would always come to the house. We would have good times with my mom cooking dinner on the official visit, things like that. He would come up to the school, crack jokes, and I'd. I love his personality. Didn't have to do much with him coaching because he was a running backs coach, but he was a great guy. While you were at Michigan, Mario, it was, um, you know, I, I guess uh, the only way to say it, it was a tumultuous time in, in the program, to uh, put it mildly. What was it like yeah. for, for you personally dealing with all of the commotion and everything swirling around during Coach Hoke's last year especially? Yeah, it's kind of funny when I look back at it because while I was there, um, kind of get a different perspective looking inside out as opposed to outside in. So while I was there, you know, maybe I was delusional about everything, but I always thought we were going to win a game. Every game I went into, I thought there was a chance um, that we had to win. First game, I remember playing Alabama. I thought we were going to blow them out. <laughs> but, you know, obviously the other, 
the opposite happens. Um, every game, I thought we would go in and compete, and sometimes it just didn't look that way. But now that I look back at it, there was definitely some things that we could have adjusted uh, quicker, some different people in different situations. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, so easier to say now. Well, I always wonder with everything that was going on with Dave Brandon and with Coach Hoke, there was just constant talk in the last year or two about it's not good, it, the, the end of the road is coming for Coach Hoke, but you guys with class and with practice and everything that you have going on, are you pretty much insulated from that or were you hearing all of that stuff too? You know what, I will say Coach Hoke did a great job of kind of silencing the noise, just keeping us focused on the next game, or really the next practice. Uh, talk about Dave Brandon and anything like that. We had no control over that in the first place. So even to factor that in as a player, it would have been useless. Um, just focusing on your assignment on that day, getting to class, getting the homework done, and being at practice or waits the next morning was really where my head was at. What's your take on Coach Hook? You played for him. You were recruited by him. If someone asks you that question, what now do you think? Uh, what kind of a guy is Coach Hook? Love him to death. Uh, also, a guy less known in the program, probably one of Coach Hoke's right-hand men, Coach Maddox. Uh, they definitely took me under their wing when I first got there. Uh, Coach Hoke is like five father figure. He'd have us over at the house for lunches, for dinners, for Thursday night pizza dinners. Some people know about D-line, Coach through and through. Definitely had his bangs in the trenches and... Uh, Hard-nosed coach, old school, love everything about him. He was a coach to, that not only was, I think, a very, very good coach, but he really, really cared about the players, didn't he? Yeah, and I think even um, through the media, he wasn't a huge media guy, but even the fans knew that he cared about the players. He cared about the program. He cared about Michigan. I think everybody, you know, regardless of what the outcome was at the end of the game, um, everybody knew that Coach Ho loved Michigan. Well, you didn't get much time playing for uh, Jim Harbaugh, but from your time around him, what is your takeaway of him as a coach? When I first, maybe I was just ignorant about football. I didn't know much about Coach Harbaugh as a personality coming in. I guess uh, fans knew better than me. I mean, I knew him as a player, and I knew him as he was a coach, but I didn't know his personality. Um, He takes a different approach to football, more businesslike, but I love the fact that he sticks to his guns no matter what. He's not looking for anyone's outside opinion on how to do this, how to do that. He's doing it the hardball way, the Michigan way. He's come through a great tutelage of coaches. I mean, Coach Shen, his dad, um, Coach Harbs. He's just a football family. Everything about him is uh, business, and he'll keep to the schedule no matter what the outside says. Well, when you look back on your career now, Mario, now that you've had a few years uh, and that's not much time to look back on it and sort of reminisce, if you could pick out a few highlights of your time at Michigan that just popped to mind, what what would they be? I remember we had our Penn State under the lights game. Oh, yes. And that was at, that was at home. What year was that? My junior year since so 14, I think. Mm-hmm. 14 or 15. Oh, man, I love those jerseys we had. I hope those resurfaced somehow. I know they're <laughs> Jordan now, but they're beautiful. That game came down to the wire. Um, I know that was one of the two sacks games I had. Everybody on defense was fired up to play. And some people don't like playing at night, but I personally love it. That was amazing. Um, another game for me was uh, the battle with Northwestern. For some reason, those always came down to the wire. Uh, 
think went into overtime, maybe mm-hmm. two two or three years in a row. Coming down to the last play, Drew Dilio doing the sliding the sliding uh deal for the <laughs> last field goal. Yep. That's always memorable. Also another two catch sack game, can't forget that. <laughs> but uh yeah, those are a few times. Um love beating state. Can't beat that. Wish I could say more about Ohio State, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that feeling. Well, you know, overall, athletically and academically, uh, uh, was going to Michigan in the end everything that you thought it would be? Everything and more. I mean, you go in just hearing stories. Because uh, when you're, you're a kid coming out of high school, you don't know what you don't know, but you think you know everything. Um, you think you know what you're going to get out of it. You think you know what you need, but you, you don't know anything. Um, coaches are always trying to tell you things in retrospect. You wish you'd learn, listen to more, but at the end of the day, got a great education. I got a great network of people that I can rely on. I had a great football career there. Your senior season, uh, that darned Achilles injury, uh, ended uh, your career early, and you you applied for a medical redshirt year, which you didn't get. And I've always wondered when when you apply for that. When the NCAA responds to that type of a request, do they go into any detail why they've said yay or nay? No, to this day, I I know the rule, but I don't specifically know why some people say it and some people don't. Because mm-hmm. the rule is if you play 30% of the season, then you're not eligible. I think I was around 38% of the season when, you know, the Achilles just gave up on me out of nowhere, but... Um, I know some people get past and still get a fifth year of me. Uh, I guess I was an outlier. I don't know. Bad timing. Can't do anything but uh, look at it back on and laugh at this point. Terrible timing. And, of course, your senior year and then uh, looking forward to the draft. And you ended up being a free agent with uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think that kind of an injury, especially happening in, happening in your senior year and then your, your professional career right around the corner just months away, did that injury impact your tryout with the Ravens? Oh, no doubt. That, uh, people say that's like a one-year in- injury, uh, maybe like a two-year. Um, and that's two years from then is just about today. Uh, going into Baltimore, I think it was about six months after the injury, and I got cleared to run the week before OTAs. <laughs> so you can imagine yeah. not running for six, six months, and then all of a sudden you're playing linebacker in the NFL, and it's like – Right, I feel like uh, a baby deer is learning to walk again. But um, it was tough, definitely painful. I fought through it because even though, like I said, sometimes I walk in the line of delusion, uh, even though I knew I was in pain and my my body was far from 100%, I was all for it. I I thought I was going to make the team by any means necessary. But I understand the NFL is more of a business, and that business was hit me like a, a ton of bricks as soon as I got there. And, and as you said, it is a business. It's a job, and you were fresh yeah. off of that injury, so you got cut. How long did it take for you to say, well, maybe I'm going to, uh, you know, keep rehabbing, keep strengthening, try to get back, or, you know, it's just not for me. The NFL is just not going to be for me. Like I say, I was optimistic the whole time. Got cut. I know the story of the guy that calls the next day, calls the next year. I know I need to work on my patience a little bit, but I was not ready to wait that like year or two just to get back in the NFL. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something then and there. So I went back to Michigan to use that opportunity to learn some more football. I was on the coaching staff that year, and I also was training, waiting for uh, anybody to call my phone. So have you completely given up on any shot at the NFL? You're just moving forward with your life right now? Oh, yeah. 
the NFL football playing Mario days are done. Might catch me at YMCA, YMCA uh, playing some basketball or something like that, but you will not see me with a shoulder pad and helmet. With us here on our Michigan Man Extra for this month is former Michigan standout Mario Ojemudia. And uh, Mario, so now that your football days are over, I know listeners always like to find what are former players doing. So give us an idea what your career path is, what you're up to right now. Yeah, what I'm doing, I love it. I'm a financial planner over at Northwestern Mutual. Work out of Troy, work out of Ann Arbor also. Just helping people align their actions with their intentions uh, to achieve financial security. One of the greatest jobs I could ask for. For now or for the future is exactly what you want to stick with, right? Exactly. It feels like a, a gift from God that I just <laughs> was bestowed upon me. I love this. I love uh, face-to-face interactions with people, learning their goals, their ambitions, and trying to make that into a reality. Oh, very good. That's very nice to hear. And when we have a former player on, I always like to get your take on uh, on what's going on with our, our current team. Let's start with uh, with this Michigan team. Of course, the spring game got canceled uh, Saturday, Mario. That doesn't happen very often. I think in, in my lifetime, I maybe it's happened once, but we're supposed to have some big storms rolling in over the weekend. So as a player, are you cool with canceling the game like that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, these guys, these guys have been keep competing all spring. I know how these spring practices are with Darbaugh, and they're four hours of grinding. Um, I want to say it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, if I'm right. But four hours, and they're ready to they're ready to lay it out in front of a crowd and compete against each other. You know, canceling the game, of course, uh, it was going to be, from what I understood, a, more of a controlled scrimmage instead of a, of a real game. Do you think, though, that now having one extra practice that's more or less behind closed doors, that's maybe better for the team? You can get more accomplished because you only get those 15 practices, so they should get a lot of work done with that one day, too. Yeah, I mean, they'll get some work done, there's no doubt. Harbaugh's not just going to throw a day away. Uh, I, could, I could never see him do something like that. He gets the opportunity to play in the big house is, is second to none, uh, especially in front of a crowd. It probably wouldn't have been 110,000, but you know we would have a good turnout. There's only a limited amount of times you can play in that big house. And every time you get to play, it might be your last. I I thought I had a few more games under my belt there, but of course that was course cut short. So these guys love playing in the big house and sad that one got taken away from them. But whether it does what it does. Well, with this current team, Mario, let's start on your side of the ball and get your take. How good can this year's defense be? Oh, yeah, these guys are fired up. Um, we got Coach Don Brown at the helm. This guy is fiery coach, uh, legendary mustache. <laughs> and <laughs> I love this guy. I was unfortunate that I didn't get to have him as a coach, but I was around him, you know, as a assistant, and I got to learn a lot from him, learn a lot of his philosophies. He's been around the game for a long time. Uh, he will not let these guys go. Player-wise, you got uh, you got Bush. He, he's also a fiery little guy. He's kind of short in stature, but he gets to the ball by any means necessary. You got the two DNs. Uh, definitely going to be the best in the Big Ten, if not the best in the country. But you know, I take it the best in the country. Rashawn Gary and my guy Chase got to coach them a little bit, and they're special talent. Well, no doubt up front and linebacking core looks solid. Uh, the secondary, you know, some some people say we might have some questions back there, but do you see any any areas of concern on that defense? You know, D-line does their job, makes the secondary jobs better. Uh, I know these guys are going to be good players. You got um, Young Lewis, or excuse me, Young Hill, 
my guy David. Sorry, I'm blanking on his name on the other side. Sorry for the shout out, my friend. But uh, <laughs> you got these guys at corner. And if the D-line does their job, their job should be so much easier and they should lead the league in picks. Well, when you were there, of course, you played for Coach Madison. Um, you mentioned Don Brown, and you were around him a bit after uh, you came back from your uh, NFL tryout. He's just quite the character. He is such a motivator, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, going into halftime, you probably maybe sometimes you'll shut out a team. It'll be like 14-21-0. Coach Brown does not care. There's always something better you can do. It'll fire up. It'll smack the smack the seats around, smack the the, the playboard and all that. He will get you ready to keep playing because the job is not done until there's zeros across the board in the fourth quarter. Well, and I think a lot of folks uh, know he's fiery. You can watch him on the sidelines. You hear what players say about him, current and former. Not only Michigan players, but players he's coached in the past. The Amazon Prime uh, documentary. Uh, uh, that just came out in the, uh, I think it just came out last Friday, actually. I haven't seen it yet, but from what I'm reading, Don Brown sort of stole the show. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm actually a little late to the game. have not watched it, but I hear great things about it. More than just football, it shows people as humans. The, fa- the human side of football players, everybody knows these big brutes around campus. Um, <laughs> just always in these sweats, like, what are, the, what are the guys' lives like? And it really gets a deep, delve inside their real lives. Came out last Friday, so Amazon Prime, all or nothing, I can't wait to see it either. But looking over at the offensive side of the ball, Mario, we all know last year that was really, really, uh, for fans and I'm sure for you, frustrating to watch. But starting with that offensive line, uh, we just have to be better this year, don't we? Yeah, no excuse. Always, it's always known for improvement. I mean, all across the board. Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, it takes three phases to win a game and really dominate a game. Offensive line, uh, group of young guys, but, you know, they got to step up to the play if they want to wear the wing helmet, and I, I'm sure they will. Well, you know, as I said, watching last year's offense was just frustrating, and, and as a former player, when you watched them, I could not figure out what was going wrong. I mean, we had young receivers. We had, for the most part, a young offensive line. We had two seniors in that group. We had more than capable running backs. Yeah, the injuries at quarterback just did not help it. It just seems when you look overall at the season, nothing went right for that offense. Yeah, I mean, I'm far from an offensive guru. Um, I couldn't even tell you, like, the the first thing about schemes or anything like that. But, you know, it just looked like maybe some lack of confidence and uh, a few things. But I'm sure these guys, with how Coach Harbaugh is, and I know these guys have the heart for it and they want to win. I'm sure they're they're playing their hearts out in spring and competing, um, which they're like five great quarterbacks competing for a spot right now, and the best player will play this season. Well, and there's no question the talent at the the receiver positions, the running backs, a bevy of quarterbacks, and the offensive line is there. I really believe last year was an aberration, that it was sort of a Murphy's Law was in effect. If anything could go wrong, it did go wrong. It did well. And I I, I am one of those people that really believe this is going to be a whole different offense this year. Yeah, I mean, every season you go in thinking that, every game you go in thinking that um, that the offense is going to dominate. They're going to pound the ball by any means necessary. The figure is going to get open, and the quarterback is going to hit them. The O-line is going to knock the D-line off the ball, and when we get in that red zone, we are going to score. I know they had that great kicker. Um, shout out to him. And uh, 
if he's even in striking range. I think they can hit it from 60, maybe 65. He's going to hit it. Yeah, Nordine is a great weapon, no question about it. Well, as you know, after three years under Jim Harbaugh, some of the fan base getting a little bit antsy in the stands last year. You could hear it from people. I know doing this show, I get plenty of emails, plenty of messages, people saying, hey, what's up? This is the third year. We thought we were moving ahead. Well, here we are. It's year four. And when you look at the schedule, Mario, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State, that's on the road. We have Penn State, Wisconsin at home, and there are other tough games. They're all tough. That schedule is absolutely brutal, Mario. Oh, yeah. And that's just the way we like it, you know. <laughs> we want to come out and play the best. And just one word from the fans, you know, just relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> we will get this together. I, I played under Harbaugh one year, but if there's anything I, I've learned from him is, you know, he won't quit till the job is done. Starting out opening with Notre Dame again, you know, they, they uh, backed out of our rivalry for whatever reason, and now they want back in. All right, you know, we'll see. We'll see you in uh, we'll see you when the season starts. I actually have a little cousin who plays at Notre Dame. Um, he's got he's got something coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this year, uh, we've got to win a rivalry game. It's just got to happen, Mario. Yeah, every season those are definitely the red letter games. But we always preach just got to play each game. You play each game like the championship game because, you know, you never know when you stumble. Yeah, we want to play Ohio State. Yeah, we want to play Michigan State. But just like what the Appalachian State, don't want to mention it, stumble over those games and, you know, the season's almost done right there. Well, final question for you, Mario. Are, Are you still optimistic that Jim Harbaugh will get this program, your program, back to elite status in the next two or three years? Without a doubt, it's a team effort. I mean, he recruits the best players. He recruits the best coaches. I think the one thing that's lacking right now is just consistency. I'm sure things, uh, the way they're drawn up, they look great. Maybe even like executing them in practice, just the way he expected. But he's got to, on game day, bring that consistency, bring that fire, uh, bring that extra edge. Because it doesn't matter if you're, if you're competing on uh, – on State Street, you got you to bring it on Main Street in the big house. There you go. With us on our uh, Michigan Man Extra for this month has been former Michigan standout Mario Ojemudia, of course, talking about his playing days at Michigan and Farmington Harrison and looking ahead to uh, getting his thoughts on this coming season. Sounds like you're happy in your, your career path as a financial planner, so great to hear. I've enjoyed having you on the show, and we'll hook up a little later in the, in the season and get your take. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me. Sure, I would love to come back anytime. Thanks again to Mario Ojemudia for being with us on this month's Extra. We'll be back next week on our regular day, and my guest will be beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Now, we won't have a spring game to break down, but there is always plenty to talk about when it comes to Michigan football, so make sure you join us next week. Until then, have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls 
at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!